think your child is spending enough time outdoors? What about the educational and developmental benefits associated with being outside? And what about our sometimes wild weather conditions and other safety concerns you may have? Thanks for joining us for the Encompass Parent Talks podcast. Encompass is an organization in the Snoqualmie Valley that partners with families to build healthy foundations for young children. I'm Sam Sinanan, Family Services Manager, and in this episode, we're talking with two professionals from Encompass. Ashley Fletcher is an occupational therapist with the pediatric therapy team and the mother of three young kids, and Sarah Holmes has been a preschool teacher for over 12 years. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having us. So excited to be here. So as a kid, we were probably all told to go outside and play, and usually no matter what the weather was like. But over the last few years, studies have shown, um, and this is including before COVID, studies have shown that over half of parents in the U.S. are worried that their kids aren't getting outside enough. They're not spending enough time outdoors. And I hear parents talking more about safety concerns. It's too cold, too hot child predators, that sort of thing, or even concerns that kids are going to get bored outside. So you both work with young kids and their parents. So Sarah, as a preschool teacher, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would definitely agree that kids do spend a, a bit more time indoors nowadays. When they come in after the weekend, we ask them, what did you do over the weekend? A lot of the times it's, I watched this movie, or I watched that movie, or I played this game on my tablet. And you don't hear necessarily as much of, oh, we went hiking or we went to this park or I played hide and seek outside with my friends. So yeah, I would say that there are a lot of more indoor time things going on. And I definitely, as, as a teacher, we talk about stranger danger and being safe in the classroom. So I definitely understand that concern. I think though, it shouldn't be a deterrent from getting your kids outside to go and play it's a great opportunity to talk about boundaries and rules and why we have rules and why these rules are there to keep us safe. So I think that's a great, a great chance for parents to, to bring up that conversation with their kids. And Ashley, you are uh, both a pediatric therapist and a parent of young children. So what do you think? I also am an outdoor enthusiast. We are an out side family. I um, have three sweet children, eight, six, and almost three, and they are wild animals, but we love them that way because we are wild adults. So we, we're outside and it's really important for our mental health. It's really important for our kids. It's a lot of fun and th sometimes things go sideways. So <laughs> my um, recommendation is that going outside is not something that we need to plan like really intensively. I think in the world of Instagram and social media and all of these accounts that we follow and these amazing activities, which are wonderful, that sometimes you just need to go to the park. Yesterday, we went to a park. We ended up trying to find a geocache. We ended up in some sort of mud that did not smell like mud. Shoes were taken off. Car seats went in. And, um, you know, I'm an OT, so that's, that's the way it goes, but it was such a wonderful opportunity for my friend and I to model regulation skills. We certainly did not like the smell of this mud either. We, to help, um, come up with solutions to problem solve, like what do we do when our clothes get wet? And some of the kids don't like the feeling of the wet clothes or the wet socks being flexible. This wasn't our plan. We'll have to try again a different day. So 
some sometimes spontaneous outdoor activity is the most enriching. It really is therapeutically so beneficial that I could I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I too, my family, we're also very much outdoor enthusiasts and have grown up in North Bend. My kids were raised in the same house with the community park and the woods nearby. And we got out really every single day, unless it was dangerous, dangerous, meaning like if it was thunder and lightning, you know, that might be a little bit different. Sometimes incredible wind where you know trees may come down and we know that that happens around here. So if it was dangerous, then we might not. But really, I mean, there were times when in our, uh, our adorable neighborhood park that we would be the only ones up there often in the winter months because we just got out. We got rain boots, rain gear, mittens, and we went out. Mm-hmm. So I grew up a little bit east of North Bend, 10 miles, and we moved out here to be even closer to the outdoors because it just, it truly, and I think this has been a hard winter. Like this is one of the winters I've really felt with winter to January, I guess we're calling it now. I mean, I've felt it in my mood and we forget that our kids also can feel that in their mood, right? Kids are not meant. Now I'm going to put on my OT hat. Kids are not meant to be stationary. That is not what their bodies are supposed to be doing. Their bodies are not supposed to sit still. Their bodies are supposed to move. They're supposed to learn. They're supposed to explore. So if we're not providing opportunities for kids to do that, then they're not going to follow a normal developmental trajectory. They are going to start to experience sensory and motor delays. So providing these opportunities is one of the greatest gifts that we can give as parents and I also, though, acknowledge that there are kids with profiles that it's really hard, right? Like I work with families who, well, I work with families and I've got one of my own that's a runner, right? And so having the plans in place about what are we going to do? How are we going to solve this? What pre-teaching are we going to do? I travel with a buddy. Like I have, we have another family, at least one other family that we do stuff with so that If one of us has to use the bathroom, which happens sometimes as an adult, someone else can keep eyes on kids or when one of, when the runner takes off, we still have eyes on kids. So if you're fortunate enough to have a buddy, I really could not speak highly enough about that as just a way to sort of ease parental stress and increase safety. Um, It also teaches your kids that there's other people around that can help problem solve. I think we've been isolated for so long in a lot of ways that, you know, your kids knowing there's safe, there are safe adults in the community that can help me when my grownups not available. And that's really important too. see, I'm rambling again, because this is my favorite thing to talk about. (laughs) I think it's the first podcast that I was like, yes, I'll do it. Well, I completely get the buddy thing because, you know, I had a couple friends in the neighborhood that we did buddy up and part of it was for ourselves so that we had another adult watching the kids while each other took, you know, a half an hour and go for a run, um, you know, around the neighborhood or through the park or something. Um, but it also teaches our kids at a very young age to start listening to kind of like instructions and follow directions from other adults that are not their parents. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I also, we 
definitely push the envelope on what activities our kids do and how young they start. I got an earful from my dad when my child was on a chairlift while wearing a diaper still, but he could ski before he was potty trained. And that was, that was okay. But I can, as a therapist, I can speak for so long about finding the just right challenge for your own child. And he wasn't going down a black diamond at two and a half, but sure, he was skiing in a modified way down a hill, which worked on his vestibular system, which worked on his balance, and most importantly, gave him so much confidence, so much confidence. We paddleboard and I will, will seat our kids on between our feet while we're paddleboarding starting at one. And that helps them understand water safety. They also get really great sensory input from that and a great sense of balance. So I think sometimes we think we have this mentality as adults that it's all or nothing, but there's a way to do something if you can be flexible and anything, anything you do outside for your child is better than not taking the risk and doing it and know that it'll be messy and kids will get lost sometimes. Not saying that from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am going to say that from experience. (laughs) I mean, it really is though. It's such a great opportunity. Like we go to the park and it's okay. Where's, or we go to the park or we go wherever. Where's our family meeting place? What are the steps we take if you get separated? What are our three rules? State, which I completely snagged from our behavioral health team at Encompass. No hurts, stay together, have fun. So, you know, we, it's any little bit. And also it doesn't have to be a whole day. 15 minutes is huge, huge. And there's a lot of research to show that just getting 15 minutes of morning sun. So if that means you're eating breakfast outside, that's great. We'll sometimes take breakfast to go and eat at the park at the school before we go into the school. I love what you said about it doesn't have to be long because I think you're right. Sometimes we as adults make it this really big thing that it really doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just tell your kids go outside in the backyard and play, you know, assuming you feel, you know, you are fenced and safe enough and whatever that is. And and it doesn't have to be lengthy. And so um, thank you for that reminder. I think that's that's really helpful. And we can take our computers outside too, right? Like, I think that's the other thing with so many of us working from home now, at least in, in either fully or partially, you know, it's, it's okay for your kids to play outside with what I call semi-supervision right? Like, especially when you've set up the environment for them to do that. You know, if you have a rose garden that you do not want hit with a baseball bat, then don't have the baseball bat out if you're going to semi-supervise. So as an OT, so much of what we do is set up environments for kids to succeed. And you can do that at home too. Yes, we are trained to do that. But if you think to yourself, why am I feeling nervous right now? What am I most nervous about happening by going outside? Generally, parents are the best problem solvers for your kids. As OTs, we just ask the questions. And almost always parents come up with the solutions. Right. So Sarah, as a preschool teacher, um, you know, you're uh, at this stage, you know, kind of we're teaching kids a little bit about, you know, letters and shapes and colors. How would you incorporate that kind of thing in an outdoor environment? Well, I know a lot of the like themed units that we talk about are 
usually outdoor thing. Like we did a huge garden unit. Um, we ended up having a garden outside our classroom that the kids got to tend and watch grow. We also did in a unit about insects. And so that was a great opportunity to get out and learn about those creatures. And I mean, even just going outside and if you're just like, if you're at home with your kid going outside on a walk and stuff, you can, you know, look for signs that have letters on them, look for street signs that have numbers on them, pointing things out like that is a great way to incorporate it. Sarah, I just want to say the insect um, mm -hmm. unit was the best gift for us OTs. I see, I also see kids at our ELCs and they were all so excited about worms. Like it was, it became such a high interest thing, right? That kids that I work with on tactile defensiveness wanted to touch the worms yes. so bad. And then we could come up with plans for how to touch the worms, like finding those really motivating things that you can actively problem solve, right? So it's not just touch the worm, just touch the worm. It's like, well, what will we do if our hands feel sticky afterwards? Do we want to touch the worm with our finger? Do we want to just kind of look at the worm? You know, so again, it's not all or nothing, but these units are honestly the the outdoor units are the best gifts for me as an OT when I come see kids at the ELC. Yes. When we did our gardening unit and them getting to get their hands in the dirt and watering it and seeing how the water turns the dirt into mud, it was fantastic. It was such a great sensory uh, activity for us to do. So good. You also teach a little bit of respecting the outdoors too, in the way of, um, mm -hmm. I was watching my neighbors the other day, trying to teach their, you know, three or four year old daughter as she's taking a stick and, you know, poking caterpillars. And they're trying to teach her, you know, to be gentle, that they need their space too. And we could completely understand, you know, it was kind of exciting for her to poke it and watch it move and curl up and stuff. But they're also trying to teach that we have to be kind to nature and things that we see. And out where we live, we have to teach our kids um, to be careful of whatever wildlife they might come upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I do just want to say, because I know I mentioned earlier, sort of we're, we are an outdoor family, so that's what we invest in, but it really doesn't have to be a big investment going outside. Our, our balance beams are um, old two by fours that we salvaged and my kids built them with hammers and nails, which encompasses ELC encouraged that that would be a safe thing for them to do. <laughs> and, and they did, and they go outside and they hammer and they build we, with scrap wood. They take scrap wood out and build their whole backyard thing. Now, my backyard will never, ever be in a gardening magazine, but they're out there. They're out there working. And, you know, old, if again, my biggest thing was, well, what am I nervous about? I know um, as a therapist, I know all the benefits of them doing this as a mom, like that's my baby. So we've got safety goggles. And if you're, if you're nailing, put on your safety goggles and those you can, um, and they don't have to, right? Like if you have swim goggles, use swim goggles, whatever it is that's having you take that pause, I almost can guarantee that you can come up with a solution for. Um, I'd like to throw in a couple ideas. Um, as I think you both know, um, I also teach art on the at, down at local community center. And there's so much you can do with arts and crafts out in nature. One example is you know, a scavenger hunt where you can walk around and pick up things and make some kind of a little art project with it. Now, often in that case, you're not necessarily gonna take that stuff home with you, 
but they can create a little picture with sticks and leaves and moss and whatever else that they might find. They can make a little picture on the ground and um, take a picture of it, take a photograph of it. So that is certainly something you can let the kids do with either an old cell phone. They can just go around and maybe not even gather things, but just do a scavenger hunt picture, you know, where they're like, oh, I see a big tall stick way up high that I'm not going to be able to reach. And so they just take a picture of it. And so that's a way to even keep those kinds of projects. And it can also keep them moving as you are walking around or running around to spot things. Um, you know, I spy is certainly a great game of, you know, I spy, you know, a, a leaf with five points on it or something like that. So art doesn't have to just be done inside. I mean, you can certainly take things like art supplies, you know, a box of crayons up in your backpack and do those leaf rubbings that we grew up with. So there's so much that you can do outside in the way of art as well that is educational and fun. Yes. And as you know, we've definitely taken your art classes and love them. And we have so many good ideas from your art classes. So we're so, as a family, we're so grateful. And I think a lot of art is done outside now, which I love because a garden hose is a lot easier to clean stuff up with <laughs> than my kitchen table. So it's, it's wonderful. I would just also, I would really encourage to set family goals about amount of time that you're outside. And if you are finding that there's an activity that you would like to be doing that you're um, not quite sure how to problem solve, that to talk to your child's therapy team if they do receive services about. I cannot speak enough about how fortunate we are to have this amazing outdoor space at our ELCs and at our CDC. I have been, we've been bike riding around this CDC lately and there's lots of different equipment that we have here that you can try out with your kids and find out what they feel safe on and what you feel safe with them using too. So please be sure to also... Um, ask. And I, I, to be honest, some of my best ideas are not my own. They came from other parents just through all of us talking. Um, so some of my best therapist ideas are from other parents in the community. I think that's a great idea too, is just sometimes planning play dates like that with other families does help you get a with that kind of commitment, like, yes, that was with my friend twice a week. And we came up with a couple of days and we were pretty committed to it. It was like, that was, you know, I know what you've said is it's not necessary to schedule it, that spontaneity is great too, but sometimes having that schedule mm -hmm. and with other people, it can really prompt you at times that, you know, if you were on your own, you just might find some reason, something to do inside that you might just, oh, okay, maybe we'll just skip it for today. But when you have that commitment with somebody else, you're more likely, I think, to, um, or often more likely to get out there and do it. I love that you said that because I, as much as I love being outside, I am also really great at finding things that need done inside, right? There's always a toilet that needs scrubbed. There's always an email to write. Like there's always that to-do list, right? And we are followers of 1,000 hours outside. Um, if, any, if you're not familiar, it's really worth checking out. I do think it's fair to note that um, this family does homeschool and that's a very different amount of time that you could spend outside. So having realistic expectations for your family, I think is important. But in one of her 
it was either a podcast or a blog I read, she was saying the easiest way to keep her house clean is to not have her kids in it. And how do they do that? They go outside. She's like, there's no best to be made if we're outside. So my list stays smaller. And I was like, oh yeah, actually, if we're just outside, then I don't have to clean. (laughs) So we do know it rains a lot around here. And as you mentioned earlier, we have just gone through and records are showing we have gone through the wettest and coolest spring, you know, we've had in a really long time. And that is hard. You know, that is hard, even for us outdoor enthusiasts with rain gear to sometimes just get out there and do it. So what tips do you have, both of you, either of you, for parents in that circumstance that they might not even have the, the heavy duty rain gear, you know, how do we get them outside? How do we help them get their kids outside? Uh, I am a big believer and always have extra clothes. I do not always follow that rule myself, but boy, I wish I did. I think it's important to note too, that we all experience sensory input at different levels. So while I may be bothered by a noise outside, someone else may be bothered by the wind or the temperature or the wetness because it has been so wet. And so um, really using that as an opportunity to problem solve as a family is so important in a way to honor everyone's unique sensory profiles, um, I think is really, really valuable and shows your children that their preferences matter also while empowering them to come up with solutions versus using that as a barrier that, you know, can't be overcome. I think that the area we live in, we're super fortunate that there are some wonderful hand-me-downs to be found through our various parent groups and just talking to each other. I know we pass gear, we receive gear because our seasons are so wet that most people have to buy some sort of rain gear, but finding out, you know, used rain gear is typically pretty good because kids grow real fast. So it's just normally, you know, very lightly used for a year is still a wonderful gift for years to come. So I, I love all the opportunities we have to trade gear and I really take advantage of that. Yeah, we definitely I'm, have tons of extra clothes in the classroom, um, you know, that I've picked up from buy nothing groups as well as like that have been donated from families from past years. So we always have spare clothes here for the kids to change in. One thing I like to, how you guys were mentioning earlier about kind of planning ahead and kind of having that accountability of having it on the schedule. We have a, uh, the Snoqualmie Valley Trail is right behind the Carnation campus here. And so we often go on little walking field trips on the trail. And I will let the children know ahead of time, like we'll set it on the calendar. This is the day we're going to go on our, on our trail hike. And we will check the weather um, like the week prior and check it every day during circle time to see like, okay, is it going to be cloudy? Is it going to be windy? Is it going to be raining? And that way we can kind of prepare for what's going to happen. And, you know, our weather here is, is so unpredictable and so unique. And I actually really like it because a lot of the stories and things that we read in the classroom about like nature and kids going out camping or nature walks, it shows them in bright sunny, dry environments. And so it's nice for them to get out and be able to see what their environment is actually like. Yeah. So it's really great. I think that's actually funny. Uh, So I get cold easily and I get hot easily. So I really have a very narrow comfort zone, but I do get out in almost anything, even if I'm a little bit uncomfortable. So 
in when I'm cold, I was always, you know, I get myself all bundled up. And so I was doing that a lot with my kids, like almost making them know it is cold. You can't go outside without mittens on. And my husband was more along the lines of, hey, you know, it's not below freezing. Let them figure it out. If they don't want to wear their mittens, let them go out without mittens and let them figure out, you know, if their hands get cold, what are they going to do about it? So I, I finally, you know, as I got a little older, I realized that that is absolutely right and absolutely true. So I would just pack all that extra stuff so that at least it was there, especially if we weren't home and we weren't able just to run inside and grab mittens. I love that you brought this up, Sam, because I have, my kids are all varying temperatures, but also because, you know, I'm on the buddy system as a mom, we were trading clothes as adults yesterday. Like (laughs) I was hot, she was cold. And so it's funny because these things, sometimes we set expectations for children that like we don't do as adults all the time. (laughs) And we project, it's like, gee, if I'm cold, my kids are, are, are going to be cold because they're smaller than me when, yeah. you know, it's probably more often than not the absolute opposite. And it probably, it helps them make some decisions too. It's like, I was trying to force them into something that they really didn't want because I wanted it. Mm-hmm. So I think we've given parents some really great ideas on benefits uh, for getting kids outside from mental health benefits to educational benefits from motor development and speech, you know, speech development too. I mean, it's great opportunities to point things out and start talking about what's around us. So there's just every developmental benefit and educational benefit possible outdoors. And I think we've given parents some pretty good ideas. Any other, any final words from either of you? I would just like to plug a couple of local organizations that I think would be so important. Outdoors for All is really an amazing organization. Um, I did happen to look and uh, they have in Seattle an adaptive bike rental system and they are now offering it. um, My understanding is that they're offering it Uh, If you use the bikes on site, you can borrow them and take them out and figure out which bike best fits your child. If you have a child that has a lot of sensory sensitivities to that kind of input, having a bike lower to the ground, like a go-kart style can be really great. And so they have all different types of bikes to try. And they also have all different other equipment Uh, and they have some rentals for if you take things off site. So I would encourage anyone that is still feeling nervous about going outside to really check out Outdoors for All. They can support lots of people. And also in the Valley, we have so many wonderful opportunities for families to spend time outside and looking for those. Um, The Day Out with Thomas, there's many organizations that sponsor tickets for kids to go do that. And that's a wonderful day outside. That counts. Thomas might be there, but you are outside. So really looking for, uh, we did a big, the truck day today, also outside. So when there already are planned things, um, oftentimes you can find sponsorships as well for them to go outside. Yeah. I really love this time of year too, because you have all of the different cities, like have their own little farmer's markets or things that you can go out and do with your family that even if you're just walking through and checking it out, it's really fun. I will also say something I always recommend to families this time of year, especially if you have kiddos that are about like elementary age during the summer, those 
playgrounds are still open. Um, you could always go, especially if your kid maybe is switching to a different elementary school for the next year or just starting kindergarten in the fall. It's a great chance for them to go and kind of get acclimated to that environment and kind of see that, you know, even just the outside of the school, get to see the playground, all of those things. I mean, it's a nice free opportunity to be outside. Yes, I love that. And also those playgrounds are fenced, which is really yes. nice. They're working on transitioning to sort of bigger spaces, but maintaining boundaries. I also just got a message from my aunt yesterday that it's berry picking time. So fine motor wise, that is a wonderful activity. Um, actually, visual perception wise, it's great too, because you have to find those berries. Um, and we are so fortunate to live in this area where we have all of these farms, but also there are blackberries everywhere too. And you have to be responsible for washing them and assessing their safety yourself, but it's wonderful. It's great. They're everywhere. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And I always told my kids um, when they were really little for blackberries, especially that are just sort of, you know, anywhere, make sure you're picking them up way high, like, you know, almost as <laughs> yeah. high as you can reach yeah. because we know what may go on down low. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me of one more tip that I would say is both an OT and a mom, and that is the potty in the car. So if you potty train and use a portable potty to, to train, don't get rid of it. My older kids have used it. It becomes our camp potty and it just lives in the back of my car and you can take it out and use it directly on the ground if you would so like. Or when we're out of diapers, I save the diapers and I use them to line the potty with and then I can throw them away and it works great. So if you go places where there's not bathrooms and we're still a little hesitant to go openly in nature, traveling with a potty in your car, there's no shame in that game. I love that. That's a great tip. My kids love all the pictures I have of them using the potties and, and <laughs> in all the in all the different places. Well, when they were little, I mean, they still like honey buckets are very big and can be really scary for kids. So we have pictures of the little potty next to a row of honey buckets, you know, because it's the right size for them and they can be independent still and feel safe. So, well, thank you both so much again. I always love talking to you. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. That wraps up our conversation about the concerns parents may have and the benefits of getting our children outside to play, learn, and develop. We got some great information and ideas from a pediatric therapist and a preschool teacher. To learn more about Encompass, for additional information and resources, and to subscribe to the Encompass Parent Talks podcast, please visit www.encompassnw.org. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about, or if you'd like to participate in an episode, send us an email to info at encompassnw.org.